check, 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 yo, check. Yeah, started recording and my teeth were in. I don't even, I don't even have to take a break to go. Yeah, okay. Doing a little DIY microphone repair with rubber bands. Oh yeah, right. Check it out. We're tuned in. We're all tuned in. Great minds think alike. But also, check, 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 yo, 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 what's the matter with me podcast? Thank you for tuning into the What's the Matter with Me podcast. My name is John. I'm 43 years old, husband, father, small business owner, radio DJ podcaster. And I have multiple sclerosis, so I made this podcast to share what I'm going through. Don't take this for medical advice. I'm not a doctor. Don't listen. If you need medical advice, ask your healthcare provider. Great minds think alike. Also stupid ones, too. Thanks for tuning in to the What's the Matter with Me podcast. Which side are you on? I said last time that All my friends came over for my barbecue. I said I was feeling isolated. Then all my friends came over for a barbecue. And that was an exaggeration. Bordering on falsehood. It was an exaggeration. I felt support. It felt like all my friends were over. But only like six of them. So shout-outs to my friends who listened, and they're like, wait, I didn't come over. That means our friendship's been canceled. No, 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 come on. It's an exaggeration bordering on falsehood, but not crossing over into falsehood. My friends came over. Not all of them. Some of them. But it worked out. And it made me feel like all of them were over because I was in San Jose for years and I had all my college friends come over to my house one time. Now, it's true, some of them came over multiple times, but just their own families, I never had like a group hang, you know, where I was like, yo, community is this is a temporary autonomous zone, my backyard, and my community is here, and we're making it and doing it, and the kids are having experiences, and hopefully they're not too traumatic. Probably not. So shout-outs to my friends that didn't come, to my barbecue, but they listened to my podcast and they were like questioning our relationship. We're still friends. Shout outs. Shout outs to all my friends. Now that's not an exaggeration or a falsehood. That's just the truth. And I want to give a shout out. People are leeching the podcast. And they're always checking in for MVD, microvascular decompression information. How I I had 
two MVD surgeries where they like poked a hole in my head and wandered around in my brain with a robot. And people want to know, does that work? There's information I got coming up. I'm starting to have some trigeminal neuralgia feelings again after a year and a half or quite some time of nothing at all crickets. I'm having some feelings and I'll I'll get into that. But I want to give a shout out to the people downloading the podcast, leeching it, getting every episode, every second of every day. And also the people who are like, what's up with MVD surgery? I got to do something for this trigeminal neuralgia. Feelings are back. It's kind of a, was a bummer, but I, when I look, take a, a long look at it, it was worth it because I had a year and a half of no feeling at all. And what I'm, it's changed a little bit. I'll get into that. It started last week on the 19th. And the 20th and over the weekend, it's been every day since the 19th. But not like it was before MVD surgery. It's much milder, although it's still totally unwelcome. It's my son John John's birthday today. We're going to, we went to the butcher and got some skirt steak. He asked for a steak, so we're going to grill skirt steak and have some green sauce and potatoes tonight. But, so shout out, John John is getting older. It's his birthday only once a year. But he told me, he said, Papa, Papa. I want to go on a vacation. I'm like, yeah. He said, I want to go on a vacation for a year. A year-long vacation. I was like, whoa. He was like, yeah, I want to go on a year-long vacation to Hokkaido. The island at the north of Japan. And I was like, first of all, I'm like, how do you know Hokkaido? But I didn't write that down. So I don't remember how does he know about Hokkaido. But I like this concept. He's dreaming big. He's like, I'm on a year-long vacation. Me too, buddy. Year-long vacation. Why stop there? I don't know. Somebody on Twitter or something sent me an article. Six things wheelchair users should know about autonomous vehicles by Jenny Smith on July 14th. The magazine New Mobility. There's already an autonomous vehicle ride-hailing service on San Francisco and they have an accessible taxi idea. They're, They're not... It's not out there yet, but they've got a ramp. Their taxi that's going to begin production in 2023 is like you can roll into it. It's designed for the wheelchair. And 
Autonomous vehicles are scary. It's kind of bad news for pedestrians and drivers and anyone who wants a bicycle rider. Other drivers. It's scary. Autonomous vehicles are scary. They chop your head off at a railroad crossing or something. You know, that's all you hear is like, so-and-so was decapitated in their Tesla. I'm like, really? But they have it now for the ride-hailing taxi autonomous vehicle that you can roll your wheelchair into. You can fasten yourself up so you can get around self-driving cars. I've already been on that on the podcast. Six things. Number one, autonomous vehicles will first drive people through ride-hailing services. So, you know, the app or whatever. You know, they're already, there are already Toyota, modified Toyota Siennas. Current auto, autonomous vehicle designs are hit and miss for wheelchair access. The battery in an autonomous vehicle goes on the floor. And so they have to rethink where the batteries go. There's design issues. Three, autonomous vehicles are sparking a quest for a universal wheelchair securement system. Right? Because if all wheelchairs are going to ride in these autonomous vehicles... There has to be a way to secure every a universal security system so you don't roll around. So that's a thing that doesn't exist that is going to exist because of autonomous vehicles. Number four, accessible infrastructure is as important as the vehicles. She writes here, it's not just the technology and vehicles that need to be accessible how does a wheelchair user enter and exit the vehicle drop off zones access aisles for ramp deployment curb cuts and sidewalks all must be designed and constructed to provide door-to-door access so that's like the nuts and bolts that's the hard stuff Other services have to be accessible too. So you have to be able to pay. You have to be able to hit the button and talk to someone. And everything else has to be accessible. And then number six, we need sustained advocacy. The disabled community needs sustained advocacy to ensure autonomous vehicles work for us. So, cool article, newmobility.com. They probably have some way to make money off of it, but I thought the ideas were worth thinking about because we've already talked about about self-driving cars, autonomous vehicles, when they're not chopping heads off and running over pigeons, they're going to be useful for disabled people to get around. So it's important to start thinking about this stuff. And already people are. Well, there's money in it. That's the thing. Because 26% of 
adults will become disabled in their lifetime and they need to have this autonomous vehicle to help them get around. It's going to be a big deal. It is a big deal. I went to I went to see Burning Spear, the classic reggae artist, Burning Burning Spear at the Masonic Auditorium in San Francisco. It was a good show, but the best part about it, or one of the good things about it, I Burning Spear hasn't been here. He's 77 now. He last was here when he was 72. Um, and he's retired after that. Now he's come out of retirement to appreciate the fans. Appreciate, love you. So I went to the show because I thought, I don't know, 82 seems like maybe you won't come out of retirement at 82. Maybe 82, you're like, I'll just stay retired. So I went to see him. And I ran into uh, another KFJC DJ, Dr. Doug. He sat with us. Uh, I was there with my wife. And my cousin showed up with a couple of his friends. And then after the show was over, went outside. And more KFJC people were around. There was Lurker and Lucky J. and, And I was like, cool. Lucky J and her family. And it was cool seats. They were way up there, but they were front and center. And I used my wheelchair, and I I was interested about I'd never been to the venue. Uh, I mean, I graduated from college. My college graduation was at the Masonic Auditorium, but I have never been there in a wheelchair. And, you know, things with the wheelchair, sometimes you can show up and they're like, it's like they've never, they're like, oh my God, uh, let me get somebody. I don't know. You know, but at the Masonic Auditorium, it wasn't like that. Every person knew the game plan. They were like, you go over there. And the the accessibility person will be here in a second to help you out. And they helped me out. And everyone, like all the vendors that worked there were on the same page. So you could tell they've communicated about disabled people and making accessibility and having that. It's important to their organization. So I was like, cool, Masonic Auditorium, five stars. Good job. You can park below. You take the elevator straight up into the venue. And then it's more elevator to your seat. And everything was very easy. And I could really just watch the show. The wheelchair seat was way up at the top, but right in the direct sight line. Good. I was at the top of the Masonic Auditorium. I was looking down. I could see everything. It was very clear. It was easy to get to the bathroom during the show and come back. It was no problem. So I saw Burning Spear and Burning Spear to put him in his milieu a little bit. He, um, when Bob Marley signed to Virgin Records, one of his conditions for signing the contract was that they also offer a 
recording contract to Burning Spear, who is from the same area in Jamaica that Bob Marley is from. So it was good. It was easy to access um, the Masonic Auditorium. I got a t-shirt. I bought some tour merch. So cool. It's always good when people, when the venue makes it easy. I can go see a show. I saw Burning Spear. It was awesome. He did African Postman. Check out that. That's on YouTube. Burning Spear African Postman. And love it. African Postman. I loved it. Africa. I was feeling it, man. Everyone in the place, man. Whoa. A smoky room. I, my wife and I, were. we left there. We were like, my throat hurts from just being in the auditorium. Man. I felt good. I felt seen. So check this out. Best foot forward. Have you heard about this? It's an Apple TV Plus series. It's based on a memoir. It's a story about the headline in the New York Times. Best foot forward is a story about and by people with disabilities. So it's about a a kid who loses his leg. The guy who's directing the project, when when he was first doing this, it was like four years ago. So it said, casting the right actor for a role often means finding someone who matches the character description in a script. But Josh, Josh Sundquist didn't know if that was possible for his series Best Foot Forward. It sounds silly in retrospect, but this was four years ago, Sunquist recalled recently. At the time, it simply didn't occur to me it would even be possible to hire an amputee actor. Sunquist was helping to cast a fictionalized version of his younger self. The lead role in Best Foot Forward, which debuts Friday on Apple TV, Loosely based on Sunquist's memoir, Just Don't Fall, the series centers on a 12-year-old boy who is the only child at his school with a limb difference. Sunquist, who is an executive producer on the series, lost his leg to bone cancer when he was 16. So four years ago, he wanted to cast a, an actor who was an amputee and had one leg and didn't even think it was possible. And now thinks, now they've come out with this series and it's become verti- vertically integrated in a way. The writer is disabled. The boy playing Sunquist, they got an amputee actor. And the crew and the people working on the production, he got disabled crew. It goes on here. By the time we got to where we were green lit and we were starting to look for crew, I was fully converted to the importance of authentic representation both in front of and behind the camera, he said. Love that energy. 
best foot forward. I got a lot of accessibility news here. So Pottery Barn. Pottery Barn has an accessible home collection. So from Fast Company, July 22nd, it says Pottery Barn debuts 150 pieces of furniture for people with disabilities. The accessible home modifies some of the brand's most popular products so they're better suited for people with disabilities. People are thinking about the market power of the disabled community. They're thinking of the market power of these people. And I think it's a really positive thing. And just like that guy is looking for authentic representation in his television show. Just like we're thinking about autonomous vehicles, how they work for disabled people furniture stores thinking about how their furniture can be accessible or not it's kind of a wonderful a wonderful moment to be in you know i started this podcast because i couldn't find media that spoke to my position as a father with multiple sclerosis confronting disability at at the kindergarten class in the first class trying to take my son for an education and my daughter and how how can that be how can parenting become accessible and so there's been a lot of ways different ways right but people are thinking about that and that's positive a positive thing So I had to stop doing full maintenance on my espresso machine because like I needed to back flush it and replace the steam wand and do a bunch of kind of just maintenance cleaning stuff and it's kind of difficult with one hand and I got discouraged and I stopped doing really regular maintenance on my espresso machine like it's been I think seven years since I have needed to get a new steam wand so long that I bought the part and then I realized I I can't put this on by myself put it in the drawer and lost it so I have to get a new part but I realized I can drop there. I I contacted Blue Bottle Coffee in Oakland, where they have a shop where they work on commercial machines, espresso espresso machines. I emailed them, and they hooked me up with these guys in Berkeley, and I'm gonna drop off my espresso machine on August 5th, and it'll take a month or so, but they're gonna kind of clean and maintain the machine. I might even bring by the grinder, but that's about making it easier on myself. I need a clean espresso machine, man. It's pretty clean. I've descaled it and done all that stuff, but it's been a long time, and it's it's way past due. So I got to have a clean espresso machine. These guys in Berkeley are going to take care of it. So trigeminal neuralgia is is back. You remember I had 
Um, a long battle with trigeminal neuralgia got really bad. I couldn't record what's the matter with me podcast because it hurt too much to talk. And it's the same thing now. I, I am getting some mild trigeminal neuralgia, just really brief slashing electrical, just a flash. And I had two of them on Tuesday on the 19th, I had five of, them, five of them on the 20th. And by the 25th, I'm ha- I'm like, wake up. I have a couple. Then I brush my teeth. Then I have 12 of them. And they're twinges, not pain exactly, but more like a, a mild electric shock. And that is not pleasant. I'm sorry, but it's not. So I talked to my the nurse at my doctor the at the the surgeon's office and I, I've had microvascular decompression surgery. They've given it two shots and thankfully they're not gonna go in through the back of my head anymore. They're done with that and I'm done with that. But what they're gonna do is what they're thinking about doing, and I'm going in in a couple of weeks to get evaluated, is called radio frequency rhizotomy, RF rhizotomy, and they're going to heat up a little needle, stick it in my mouth. I'll have my mouth open. I'm like ah, and they'll stick the needle into the back of my mouth, into my spinal column, right? Through my mouth into my spine, and they're going to heat radio frequency rhizotomy. It heats up this needle, and it, like, fries the nerve. So it'll make my trigeminal neuralgia, my trigeminal nerve totally numb, but that can... I can have issues with my eye being dry and getting scratched. And when they marketed this to me before I had MVD, I was like, I'll just have MVD. Like, I'd rather you pop a hole in my head. That sounds freaky. But now that they popped a hole in my head twice, I'm like, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Electrocute my trigeminal nerve through the front of my mouth in my spinal column. Ah, it just sounds crazy. Anyway, I'm going to do it because I don't want mild electric shocks. I told the nurse, I was like, if this gets worse and starts hurting, it'll be a real problem. You know, I had a couple this morning and a couple during lunch. So that's where I'm at today. I'm having like a little trigeminal neuralgia and I'm thinking about having another procedure. So people always leech this, especially the episodes about trigeminal neuralgia, microvascular decompression. And now we'll add radio frequency rhizotomy to the pile. I'm doing a lot better. I can drink water. I can eat food, I can brush my teeth, it's all pretty much good, but then there's just little twinges. And I'm like, that thing, you know, the nerve has been asleep for 
a year and a half. So I'm like, what's up? We'll see. Several of my friends came over, not all of them. Shout out to the people downloading it. I'm having trigeminal neuralgia a lot. Year-long vacation to Hokkaido. Autonomous vehicles. Best foot forward. Burning spear. Masonic auditorium accessible. Pottery barn. It just happens when I swallow a certain way. Here it says, I had a couple on the deck. Swallowing a certain way. July 24th. I'm having small trigeminal neuralgia when I drink or eat or brush my teeth. Had one at the barrel house when I had a sip of beer. So those are like my notes. I take notes to try and present to my doctor. So I feel like I have some control over something maybe. Hey, we got some control over something. I think that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning into the What's the Matter with Me podcast. You can find anything you're looking for at What's the Matter with Me.org, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download podcasts. What's the Matter with Me is right there. Thanks for tuning in. I'll check you next time.